All right. Have you enjoyed the presence of the Lord this morning? You know, David in the Bible says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. You know, David had a revelation of a new covenant uh, understanding, and that was the presence of the Lord. David, being a man after God's own heart, understood that the key to his life was God's presence in his life. And how many of you know today, we're not under an old covenant. In fact, under the new covenant, the Bible says that his spirit dwells inside of us. Amen. Do you know what that means? What that simply means is we have revelation. We, we walk with a new understanding of what it is to have Christ in us, the hope of glory. You are the most victorious people on the face of the planet because Christ lives in your heart. Amen. How many of you know it's, it's one thing to know you're victorious, but it's another thing to start walking and talking like it. It's one thing to, to know it up here, but it's another thing to start walking and living like it because that is the light that's shining through you. You know, Jesus said that you're a light. You're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. Amen. Turn to someone and say, you're shining pretty bright today. Amen. You're shining real bright. That's important. Amen. And you know what's shining? It's God's love. And it's not only God's love. It's the fact that you're unashamed of the testimony of Jesus. How many of you know, how many here are not ashamed of Jesus? Amen. I'm not ashamed of him. I, I love to share Jesus. I love to share the love of God. And we want that light to shine. And when the love of God is in you, it's just coming outside of you. Amen. Amen. We have, uh, I want Jessica to come up here and share a little bit this morning. She's just come back from Bible school. Is she here this, right here? Where? Oh, well. Am I blind? As a, I kept looking for you in the back. Come on up here. Jessica has come home from Bible school. And, you know, uh, one thing I've asked Jessica to do, I've asked her, you know, the Lord's just put a real call on her life. Uh, she's gone, going to Bethel School of Ministry and Bible school. And uh, this young lady has a real gift of faith. And, you know, we all have the gift of faith, but she has a gift of faith. And when she prays, for the sick, they get healed. It's a really, really unique anointing for praying for people. And she's going to be with us this summer. So I said, we're going to get you plugged right in because we know, and, and you know, she's just ready to go, wanted to jump in. And she's been such a blessing. And uh, she has a real prayer ministry, a real powerful prayer ministry, a real uh, spirit of wisdom on her, even at this young age. God is using her in a powerful way. How many of you know God wants to use all of our young people? Amen. You're the leaders in our generation. And I just asked her to come and share five minutes. What's happening? What's God doing in her life? Yeah. Amen. Thank you so much, Ray. Um, first of all, I just want to say it's such a joy to be back here and see every single one of you. It really is. Every single time I was at school, I looked back on this church. The first word that always came to mind was family. That you guys really are my family, and I see you guys as that. And I just want to thank you for all your support and everything you've done throughout these years because I know I couldn't have got here without you guys and without your support. So, yeah, let's just pray for a second. Yeah, thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> I really, 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 really need your help. Thank you that your name is the helper. Yeah. 
You're so good. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Um, I prayed last night. I asked God what he wanted uh, me to share on. And the first word that came to mind was just breakthrough. I learned so much this year. I could probably talk about it for hours and still not get done with half the year just because of how much I've learned and grown in the environment. And I also have got a lot of breakthrough this year. Um, and so I just wanted to share that with you because when you share, you give the testimony, you're actually releasing that into the room for everybody else to receive. So if there's a breakthrough that um, that I share that you say that you want that in your life, just receive it because you now have the ability to receive that, all right? Yeah. Um, one of the biggest breakthroughs that I received was from the spirit of performance. I always felt like I had to perform for God's love, or if I wanted a deeper connection or a deeper level with God, or if I wanted something, I had to do something to go get it. When in reality, sometimes God just wants to give it to you because it's his nature as a good father, that he wants to just send it out to you. And you know that God's love is never changing. It will never change for you. It's always 100%, no matter what you do, no matter what you're doing in your life, it's it's always 100%, but what will change is your ability to receive his love. And so many times when we go out there and we're like, okay, I want more of God's love. What do I need to do to get it? And we always feel like that's something we have to fight for, we have to earn. And that's something that I've got a huge breakthrough for this year is I've just said, you know what? I'm just going to choose to receive your love. I don't have to do anything for it, but it's actually my identity as a daughter of receiving your love from my father. And it's just who I am. And so I don't have to do anything to work for that love or do anything thing to get that love, but I just get to receive it. And sometimes one of the most pleasing things to God is not, you know, okay, what am I going to do today? It's just, all right, here I am, Lord. <laughs> and you just let it, get to let him love on you and just receive it. Yeah, so I just impart to you just a deeper level of being able to receive his love because whenever we go out and we minister, we're pouring from him, not from ourselves, and that's how we never run dry, that we are living with the living river running through us constantly, and so we never run dry, that we can constantly move from him. So I just impart to each one of you guys that you're going to be able to receive his love at a deeper level, and you're going to be able to pour from that love to every single person you encounter, that they're going to encounter the face of God when they see you because you're his child, you were made in his image, and you look like him you do <laughs> they're gonna get to see what they're gonna get to see jesus when they encounter you they're gonna get to feel his presence yeah yeah uh, another thing that i got breakthrough right in was um whenever i would go through a problem or something i would be dealing something i would just kind of go off by myself i would just kind of deal with it by myself and then you know i would call it like going on an island and all and then i was just like okay now it's just me and jesus just me and jesus alone we're going to deal with this problem and then once i've dealt with this i can come back over here with everybody else and i can join the group but i feel like god actually gave us a community he gave us mothers and fathers brothers and sisters sons and daughters so that we can come together as a body and help each other and deal with the um these issues and so and now instead of just, you know, okay, I'm just, just me and Jesus alone. We're just tackling the world together. I actually want to partner with people and say, hey, this is actually what I'm going through. Will you help me get breakthrough in this and help me overcome this? And it's actually very humbling and it can take you to a new level because where their breakthrough is, they're actually going to be able to impart that to you. And it's going to give you so much breakthrough so much quicker because you're not doing it by yourself, but you're actually receiving the anointing of what they've already, they, what they've already got and all. Um, 
Yeah. Um, another thing that God t- uh, taught me this year was just how to be aware of peace. And this is kind of in the beginning of the year of just how valuable your peace is. And if you're not at peace, what it takes to get that is say, okay, where's my peace at? And you never l- walk into a room without peace. You never leave your house without it because if you do, you're going to be imparting, you know, yourself to everything you go. You know, you have an effect on your environment and everywhere you go, you have an effect on that. And so if you leave your house without your peace, you're not going to to be able to pour from Jesus, you know? So that when you have your peace with you, you're able to move from that in everything that you do. And it's a place of security and safety, and it's a foundation that you're able to move on. Yeah. Um, so just being aware of that, and, like, if you don't have peace, say, okay, where did my peace go? And go back and get it, because it's something that's so valuable to carry with you in everything that you do. Yeah. Um, uh, another one is just what intimacy looks like. Before, when I first came out here, I didn't have uh, many expectations. For, I was just like, I just want to be closer to Jesus. It's an amazing heart to have. Um, but for me, what I thought intimacy with God looked like is I would just be able to hear his voice really, really clearly. And he'd say, okay, go over here. I'm like, okay, I'll go over here. He's like, okay, go over here. I'm like, okay, I'll go over here and do this. And it was just like I was able to hear his orders or his commands really quickly. But this year, I've reached such a new uh, intimacy and a deeper level with God, and it didn't look like anything that I thought it would look like. Um, It actually looks like me being aware of his presence in the room because he's always speaking, he's always moving, and it was a deeper awareness of that level, like, okay, God, what are you doing? What are you saying about this person? It's actually... um, being aware of what he's feeling and what he's thinking and stuff and moving off of that, like, um, even to the point where I would just look at somebody and I would be feeling what he was feeling for them. I would be thinking what he was thinking for them. I could share that with them and it it doesn't, and it's okay if you're wrong. It's okay if you fall down. He's a good father. He's going to pick you back up and you can keep on walking. Okay. Just go for it. Yeah. Um, and just being able to like impart his love and his thoughts for them and stuff. And yeah, just, if you want deeper intimacy, just raise your hand. He just wants to give that to you today. He just wants to, uh, you to be feeling him even more and strongly in your life and being aware of his presence in the room, being aware of where he's moving and what he's doing. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and last, uh, Lastly, I just felt like he wanted me to share a testimony that recently happened with you guys. Um, so when I got back, I was going to go visit one of my friends. Her name's Natalie, and she works at I Heart Yogurt. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm back from college. I'm going to go visit her. And God really showed up just just in everyday life, you know. So I came, and I gave her a big hug, and she, uh, then she kind of had to get busy with work and all. And so there was these people sitting down, and I just said hi to them. And let me say, one of the... One of what I found is the biggest, uh, a huge tool for working everyday evangelism into your life where you're not just going out and you're evangelizing or you're not just doing life, but how to really incorporate the two together. Um, it's just saying hi to people. This is like just in greeting them because people naturally have a fear of rejection. And when you go up to somebody, whether you talk to them or not, and you just say hello, you're actually breaking down that wall. And so it actually can lead you to deeper encounters are just talking to somebody and just loving on them and saying, hey, you're not rejected by me. So, yeah. So I just said hi to them, and I just started talking. I'm like, yeah, I just graduated from Bethel and all. And they're like, oh, that's amazing. We know about Bethel and all. And they got really excited. And um, I got to just pray for them, and I, I talked to the husband. It was a wife and a husband and their two kids. and st- Well, one baby, one on the way. <laughs> and um, 
She, the, I told the husband, like, I feel like you're just writing an album and stuff, and, like, you're writing songs, and you're kind of maybe stuck on that. And he's like, yeah, actually, I'm uh, trying to write an album right now. Um, yeah, and then there's a lot of stuff that happened. I don't re- uh, re- know if I'll be able to remember it all. Um, but I actually, then I just said, I feel like I'm supposed to pray for healing for both of you guys. And so the husband's knee... Um, was hurt, and so I got to pray for his knee. I felt like I was supposed to pray for him first, and he said that he felt like uh, warmth throughout his whole body when I was praying for him, and he said he uh, his knee didn't like hurt anymore, and then I prayed for the wife, and her back was hurting. I felt like the husband um, was supposed to pray for her because, you know, it's not me or anything that I'm doing because it's all Jesus. It's his healing. His name is the healer, and we get to just move from him, and he wants to use us as kids and partner with us every day. And so I said, yeah, it's really just Jesus, the one that's healing, so I want you to pray for her. And so we prayed for her, and um, she bent over, and her back wasn't in pain anymore where she could barely move because she was carrying around her child all the time. And her back wasn't in pain anymore. And she's like, wow, this is just amazing. I'm so glad we came to this store today, <laughs> you know. Um, and then I, yeah. And then I was like, I just keep hear- hearing the word house and all. And they're like, we're looking for a house right now, actually. And so we got to pull that down from heaven for them and get, uh, bless them in that. And they're like, they were just kind of getting amazed by what Jesus was doing in the room and all. It was really cool. And um, yeah, and then I turned to the lady and said, I feel like you have a brother and he's uh, in the army. And she said, I have a cousin actually, but he's like a brother and he's actually in the har- army. And I'm like, yeah, I feel like we really needed to pray for him. And she's like, yeah, we do. He's actually just had a heart attack right now. And um, yeah, so we just uh, got to pray for him and bless him. And she said that she's going to uh, call him tomorrow and just see how he's doing and stuff. So I'll need to get back to her on that. And then um, I turned to the lady again. I was like, I feel like you get headaches all the time. And actually, you have one right now. And she's like, yeah, I do get headaches all the time. I do have one right now. And so we got to pray for her headache, and her headache got completely healed. And... Um, yeah, and so I know a couple other stuff happened, but that's all I can remember. I just got to share with them, just love on them and stuff. It was really cool. And then um, they were like, yeah, so how do you do you have, like, partners for your ministry and stuff? I'm like, no, not really. And they're like, yeah, give us your email. We want to sow into your ministry. Like, I wasn't even out there looking for money. I was just wanting to bless them and show them that God's real and have God encounter them because he loves them so much because they're worth it and he's worthy of them. And, um, yeah. So it was an amazing encounter. I just say that you guys are all empowered to do this because it's not what we're doing. It's about Jesus living inside of us. He is alive in every single one of you guys. He's powerful, and he wants to take you guys to a deeper level. You all are amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica. Amen. You know, I don't, I don't know of any life more exciting than to be used of God. Amen. And, you know, it's amazing to see Jessica just step out there and just do it. And it's just happening. And God can do that with all of us, you know. And uh, I, I want to just, I want everybody just to lay your hand on your heart today. I want to pray that the Lord opens the eyes of our heart to recognize those opportunities. In fact, do you know right now specifically, and I've said this so many times, but you are in a strategic place where you live, where you work. And all around you are people that are actually asking God to show them the way. And you are actually the answer to their prayer. God wants to use you. Father, we thank you. Lord, through the testimony of Jessica, what you're doing in her life. Lord, we just pray that as we've heard that, that our faith will be enlarged. Our vision will be enlightened, Lord. 
Lord, we're not just going through life paying bills and trying to get an education in school and just doing things in this life, but Lord, we have an eternal purpose. Lord, it is to bring the life of the gospel and bring the life and power of Jesus into people who live in a dark, dark world around us. And Father, we just pray that you would just help us, Lord, recognize that you are truly for us. You're working in and through us. And we receive that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. I I want you guys to remember, you know, just, you ought to go to Jessica. If you have something to uh, need to be prayed for, you ask her to pray with you, pray for you. We're going to see God work not only through her, but even through you. Amen? All right. Is Megan here? Oh, Oh, that's right. They're out of town. Carol. They're on vacation. Thank God for this rain. Thank you, Lord. But we need to pray for those that are hurting because of the rains. There's some people that are, but that the Lord will help them during this time. We're going to ask the ushers to come forward. And and um, we have several things this week. And do you get one of these little bulletins? Get one. And it lists everything that's going on. And if it rains tomorrow, there is no Memorial Day Lake Picnic. So just keep that in mind. If you have a question about it, you can call Ray tomorrow or us, right? And then I wanted to honor the military people today. This is Memorial Day. Here's one. There's some others out there. Could you just lift your hands? So we want to honor you today. Some of you. Okay. Thank God for your service. Appreciate you. You're awesome. He has a really good book that he's written too. It's, is it, what's it called? Marines for Jesus. Marines for Jesus. So I put a plug in there. That the goodness of the Lord in, in his life and his family. And um, this Tuesday morning, we have Girls with Swords at 10 o'clock Bible study. So ladies, if you are free, we'd love you to join us here at the church Wednesday night, Pastor Ray is still teaching on dreams. So thank you, Lord, for that. And then um, we have our food ministry this. And then next week after church, we have our uh, fifth Sunday of the month. We do a potluck. So if you like to eat, who likes to eat here? Amen. Anybody? Nobody likes to eat here, especially right after church. We, we, we love to get together and fellowship. So wanted to put that uh, in your minds. Start thinking ahead. And so, Father, right now, we just want to thank you for your provision. And, Lord, we thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Lord, I pray for those that have a need in their finances today, that you will touch their hearts, let them have faith to believe and to obey your word. And we say, Lord Jesus, that the windows of heaven would be poured upon their finances. So today we give you thanks. We give you praise for the provision of this house. We bring what belongs to you today. We bring it. It's not a it's not hard because we love you. So God bless this offering right now in Jesus name. Amen.
need that. All the kids heading out. Is it um, is it Power Kids and and Tiny Tots? Awesome. Oh, thanks. Amen. And I just saw Jessica, she's giving her testimony, and it's just, you just guys feel the glory of God just coming out of her mouth. And seriously, it's just like I almost saw like a picture of like just gold dust being just spread out. How many of you guys know that that's, that's the glory of the Lord, and it talks about it covers the whole earth? And you guys, when we... When we, when the glory of the Lord covers the whole, uh, the whole earth, it's because we are the ones revealing His glory in all creation. We're the ones who display it, and I, I, I just love to see creation doing what it's intended to do, and that's reveal the glory of the Lord. So, uh, how many of you guys, when she's talking about that, does anyone here have you have you guys heard these and ever wanted to kind of have? Uh, maybe you've never had anything like that, but maybe you would like to be able to recognize when the move, like, it's like, you guys remember the story when the angel stirred the water, everyone would jump in. But for some reason, you just don't, you wouldn't know what the, you don't know what the water stirring even look, you don't know what it feels like. You don't, it's like this, man, I've been, the reason I ask is because I know so many people who, they see so much in Christendom, but as far as the move of God on their life, it's just kind of felt like they just kind of, they've gotten in the middle of something and they never had their own experience. And I, I really think the Holy Spirit wants to give every one of you a crazy, amazing in, uh, interaction like that. Now, listen, I'm not talking about it when it happens to you. I, I'm saying you want it to happen through you. Right? How many of you guys have you ever heard it's in the word says it's more blessed blessed to give than it is to receive? How many of you guys remember when you um when you were a kid and you would get gifts from your you know, your your mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, uncle, anyone, it was like amazing. But then but then there came a point in your life when you wanted to you were to give something to someone and you had to go make money, you had to go to the store, you had to have a relationship with the person to know what they like, you had to go home, you had to wrap it up, and you presented it to them, and the whole time there's just like almost this giddiness, this joy, this I'm about to blow this person's mind, all right? It's like that, it's like you've, man, it it gets, I I won't say it never gets old receiving, but it's a new dimension when you are in the dimension of giving. And if you want uh, to enter into that, um, I think today you guys heard something. And how many of you guys know every testimony is an invitation into a new realm of living? So if you had never heard anything like that, now the Bible says that Grace is according to faith. So now that you have heard, and faith comes by hearing, now you have an opportunity to enter into a new, a new dimension of living this morning. And if 
that is something that is tugging at your heart, that you want that, I want to challenge you and, and tell you that that's probably the Holy Spirit that's putting that in you. And that is, that is the real you wanting to come out and really be a partaker of that awesome lifestyle. So I just, I'm not going to invite you. I'm telling you it already happened. The, in, the invitation took place upon the declaration. Every time, every time God is declared, every time his presence is declared, that is the invitation. Amen? All right, so let's, let's pray again. Um, and I want to just, Lord, I just thank you for, uh, I want to thank you for your presence this morning. Lord, there's so many awesome things you're doing. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the testimony of God that you gave us in scripture. Lord, we thank you for the living uh, word of God. Lord, we thank you for the declared word of God this morning. And, and Father, we thank you for the word made flesh and dwelt among us, the only begotten of the Father, the fullness of grace and truth, as John says. And we just thank you that Lord, you, you, you reveal to us who we always have been. And that is, that was displayed in your son. Lord, uh, that if it was, if the thought was not in Jesus's mind, then it shouldn't be in ours. Lord, and we repent for any thought that would come against the knowledge of you and the knowledge of who we are in you. Lord, we, we just remove those boundaries. We remove those limitations, Lord, and we step into the realm of a kingdom that is always increasing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so if you guys would turn in your Bibles, um, I just have a, a ton of stuff to share with you. Um, go ahead and uh, get your Bibles out. And what we're going to do is um, we're just going to read some stuff. But um, you guys, we'll just turn real quick. Uh, this is real quick. Second uh, Corinthians chapter three. We're just going to read three through seven, and then we're going to move into some other things. But, but before we do, I want to talk about um, I want to talk about perception this morning. And uh, there's a difference between what we see and how we see, but there is a there actually is a a symmetry between what you see and how you see. How many of you guys know the difference between what you see and how you see? Have you guys ever thought about the difference? Um, so th- that's that's what to, that's what I called this this message is what we see versus how we see. And there's a couple just a, f- a couple funny little stories. I like funny stories, so I'm going to read a couple here. It says. Says a shoe manufacturer who decided to open the Congo market sent two salesmen to the undeveloped territory. One salesman cabled back, prospect here nil, no one wears shoes. The other salesman reported enthusiastically, market potential terrific, everyone is barefooted. An airline pilot 
flying over the southeastern U.S., called the local tower and said, we are passing over at 35,000 feet. Give us a time check. The tower said, what airline are you? What difference does it make? I just want the time, replied the pilot. The tower responded, oh, it makes a lot of difference. If you are Trans World Airliner Pan Am, it's 1,600 hours. If you are United or Delta, it's 4 o'clock. If you are, South, if you are Southern Airways, the little hand is on the 4 and the big hand is on the 12. <laughs> and if you are Skyway Airlines, it's Thursday. I like that. Here's one more. These are short, so this one's a little longer. This, is, uh, this was a letter sent to Jesus, son of Joseph, uh, part of the Woodcrafters Carpenter Shop, Nazareth 25922. This is a made-up story, of course. From Jordan Management Consultants. Dear Sir, supposedly this is a management consultant firm. And Okay, so writing this letter to Jesus. Thank you for submitting the resumes of the 12 men you have picked for managerial positions in your new organization. All of them have now taken our battery of tests, and we have not only run the results through our computer, but also arranged personal, personal interviews for each of them with our uh, uh, psychologist and vocational aptitude consultant. The profiles of all tests are included, and you will want to study each of them carefully. As part of our service, we make some general comments for your guidance, much as an auditor uh, will include some general statements. This is given as a result of staff consultation and comes without any additional fee. It is the staff opinion that most of your nominees are lacking in background, education, and vocational aptitude for the type of enterprise you are undertaking. They do not have the team concept. We would recommend that you continue your search for persons of experience in managerial ability and proven capability. Simon Peter is emotionally unstable and given to fits of temper. Andrew has absolutely no qualities of leadership. The two brothers, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, place personal interests above company loyalty. Thomas demonstrates a questioning attitude that would tend to undermine morale. We feel that it is our duty to tell you that Matthew has been blacklisted by the Greater Jerusalem Better Business Bureau. <laughs> James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus definitely have radical leanings, and they both registered a high score on the manic depressive scale. One of the candidates, however, shows great potential. He is a man of ability and resourcefulness, meets people well, has a keen business mind, and has contacts in high places. He is highly motivated, ambitious, and responsible. We recommend Judas Iscariot as your controller and right-hand man. All the other profiles are self-explanatory. We wish you every success in your new venture. Sincerely, Jordan Management Consultants. I like that one. You know, it's, uh, it's so funny that um, what you go through has the potential to determine how you see things. But how many of you guys know that how you see things can determine what you go through? And you know that your faith, 
when when ta- when Paul he makes these statements, he makes these statements about keeping the faith, and he talks about fight the good fight of faith. The very fact that he would say fight the good fight of faith means that there's a fight that you can fight that you're not supposed to. There are some things that you that come against you that are battles that were not intended for you to engage in. One thing that my dad always taught me growing up was David, choose your battles. Choose your battles. And and I know that, you know, Brother Dick told him that. And there's this and one of the reasons is is just because there are so many things that are they are coming against the church and we are not to engage them. And here's what I feel. I, I, how many of you guys remember when Jesus told the disciples it was it was the night of it was the night of the betrayal, and Jesus said, "I want you guys to go sell your tunics and go buy swords." You guys remember that? He said, "I want you to go sell your tunics and buy swords." So, if you're a disciple, and Jesus tells you to sell your tunic and go buy a sword. Okay, I mean, I just think of like, you know, the disciples and they're probably, you know, looking for swords and stuff. And they're just thinking, here we go. He's setting up the kingdom just like all those years. Guys, here it is. God's kingdom is about to be established on this earth. We're buying swords. Here it comes. And he goes and he, they, they buy their swords. And, and then Jesus gets approached by the Roman guard. And what does Peter do? He makes an assumption. And it's a very bad one. And he cuts the guy's ear off. And we, got, we all know he was not aiming for the ear. He just was a bad aim. He was a fisherman. He wasn't a swordsman. Cut the guy's ear off. Jesus puts the ear back on. And he rebukes Peter. So that's got to be confusing. Okay, Jesus just told us to buy swords. And then he told us. And then I, I mean... If there's any time to use my sword, this would have been the perfect time to use my sword. And, okay, I really, am, I really have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I, here's what I feel. I feel like the world is, is coming against the church. And God told us to buy swords. And we're using them. And we're not supposed to be. I actually feel that the people we are going into the world to minister to, we're actually taking the sword and we're cutting their ears off. And Jesus has a new, he has a different way of doing things. How many of you guys know it's possible to cut the ears off people we're supposed to be ministered to when we're really supposed to be healing humanity we can be disabling man- humanity if we take what God gave us and we use it out of season. Amen? I, th- I, I really feel that how we hear determines what we do. And see, Jesus was working. He wasn't working on, he wasn't trying to change Simon Peter's behavior, he was trying to change the grid by which Simon Peter thought, by which he lived. I mean, think about it. This was like, 
you got to put yourself in a young, you know, he was probably 22 years old at this time. Uh, and he had lived his whole life under the, uh, Roman, Roman oppression, the Jewish people. And he goes and he sells his tunic. He buys a sword. He is getting ready for what he thinks is the, the assembly and the, the, uh, just the, the creation of God's kingdom here on earth. And how many of you guys know that? Oh, see, we, we say it now. We know that God's kingdom here on earth. How many of you guys know that's not a natural kingdom? It, it's not a natural kingdom. Now, we are natural and it's established in our lives. But how many of you guys know God wants to set up his kingdom in each person individually? And you know what? He doesn't want it to be a mandate. He wants it to be a, an effect of his love towards us. How many of you guys know it doesn't say, it, the Bible says that God's love compels us. It compels us. Now, does God's word compel you to compel others or does his love compel you to redistribute what will compel others? I believe God wants us to love and as we love, that love compels more love. And I I really am excited to be to be in a body of Christ in a fellowship where there is such a there's such a control over the sword. There is not a need to control others or manipulate or move or force people, but is actually love that actually allows there to be such a uh, 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 it's it's it creates an atmosphere for the fruit of the spirit to thrive and grow and be what we eat off of. How many guys know that humanity eats off of the fruit of the spirit? I mean, it really does. You love and we go through this joy, peace again. It, at least not all nine says against such things. There is no law. There's there's no law against those things. When you when you love accurately, when you love like Christ's love, it's not the world who crucifies you. It's the religious people who crucifies you because religion creates a mandate. And it compels you out of fear. It doesn't compel you because of love. And this it, it is so gentle in what it does. And. I, I really see that God is changing how we see so he can transform and we can see what he sees. You guys, you guys, have you ever looked at a person and the and you saw what they were doing, but then the Holy Spirit says to you, but that's not what I see. You know, what's interesting. This is interesting. How many of you guys have ever heard a story about a person you love that wasn't true? All right. You guys ever done that? Yes. You've ever heard a story about a person you love that wasn't true? And you said, well, that's not the person I know. Have you ever done that? And the person goes, well, they did this and this and this. And you're like, I, I, I got to check with them. because Why? Because you know that person. And they would never do that. 
See, you don't know that person like I know that person. And who you're saying that person is, that's not them. That's your perception. Does that make sense? How many of you guys know that God... You guys, you ever heard that Jesus is your advocate? So in the courtroom, who's the accuser? And who's the advocate? So when the devil brings an accusation, Jesus goes, but see, that's not the person I know. See, because that person was in me. See, we, time out. You want some good theology? Here's some good theology. Jesus invites you into his world. Never, ever do we invite Jesus into our world. And the religious spirits can go. Never in the word does Jesus ever say, if you want to follow me, raise your hand. If you want to, if you want to, if you want to follow me, repeat after me. Oh boy, here we go. You see, there is a demonstration that God wants to reveal, and it's the power of God that God wants to reveal. You know what? God wants to give people an experience. Amen? He wants people to experience His presence. He does not want people to have blind faith he does not want people to believe just because i said words you know what jesus told the pharisees he said do not believe me because of my words believe me because of my works that has been my that's my new thing i've told the holy spirit i'm not going to ever tell anyone again believe me because of what i say you need to believe me because of the demonstration of the supernatural flowing through me. If I can't, if I can't demonstrate the power of God, what am I going to impart to you? Oh, Lord, to heel toes this morning. And here's what happens when we change how we see the kingdom. We will change what we see on earth. You will change the way you see lost people. See, Jesus didn't see lost people. He saw found people. Do you, did you notice something about every parable that Jesus talked about lost people? They all were found. As long as you have a theology where there's always going to be lost people, there will always be lost people. But as long as you know that Christ found them, you are going to go reveal what he found. And it changes the way you look at reality. And you start, you start removing yourself from process. And you start incorporating perfection. I will always stab myself in the back as long as I think that there is always one more thing that has to be done. Rather than saying, no, he started it and he finished it. 
And you know what? See, see the cool thing about Christianity, it's the, it's the only theology or religion where the, the, the story is a stamp, it's a seal, and it's done. It's done. It's finished. It isn't something that you have to, okay, now... Here's a religion. Now get into it. And now you have some things to work out. Now you have some. No, it's it's or you, now you have some things to work in. No, now it's all in you and you work it out of you. You don't work in your salvation. We work out our salvation. Because it's all in there. What you're doing is discovering the vastness of your salvation. It's not that he saved you like. It's just like, uh, um, oh man, I need to get more. No, it's just coming out. The kingdom comes out of you because it's in you. And you know what? Whether or not you see it or not, the kingdom is in everyone. But see, when people move in the spirit of God, they go and reveal the glory of God in all creation. They don't install it. They reveal it. And there's a difference. See, I want, well, here's what I want. I want us to start seeing our family members, our friends. I want them to see, I want us to be able to see the crazy, almost if you would, I want you to think of like, like the, like Big Bang in their heart. And God just needs to have us speak it. Let there be light. I know you guys are hating that correlation, but just get over it. <laughs> I want you to get over that. Okay. Amen. Let's let's read some Bible this morning. You guys in your Bible, uh, go ahead and you guys are in Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter chapter three. We're going to read uh, we're going to read verses seven and we're going to read through nine. It says this, but if the ministry of death, how many of you guys know what that ministry was? You guys know what the ministry of death was? How many of you guys were ever under a ministry of death? You guys you remember that? Yeah. But if the ministry of death written and engraved on stones was glorious so that the children of Israel could not, not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which, was, which glory was passing away, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. So my here's here's my here's my challenge. Do you have a ministry of condemnation or is it a ministry of righteousness? Because a ministry of righteousness dispels righteousness. It sees the righteousness of God in people. You know, I, Jesus, Jesus looked at people. The way the father looked at people. He didn't see them as a process. I, I love when people people are like, I just 
man, God just, Lord, I have to, I'm, I'm so sorry. Look, God forgave your sins. It's you that need to forgive your sins. Well, I can't forgive my sins. That's what the Pharisees thought. Jesus said, if you forgive anyone, I will forgive them. Any sins of the world that you retain, I retain. Any sins that you forgive, I forgive. Some of us need to forgive ourselves this morning. Some of us need to let go what God was never holding on to. He does not remember your sins. Why? Because in his reality, they never happened. Why do you think you needed atonement? The atonement wasn't to cover God's mind. It was to cover yours. Sin. And we're going to move into this. Uh, We're going to move into this. There is a ministry. Here's our ministry. Ministry of righteousness. You're righteous. Look at your neighbor and tell them they are righteous. Look at them. You are righteous. You're righteous. You're righteous. When did I become righteous? When God declared it over you? He he declared it. Now, here's what happens. You enter into what he's always said. What changes at your salvation? Did God change or did you? You did. It's your mind that changes, not God's. He doesn't change. That's good news. You know what? It's like, it's good news. Here we go. We're going to move into a couple Old Testament verses. We're going to read back into Genesis. We're going to read chapter 4. We're going to go way back. And I want to take you guys into some cool contrasts. Genesis 4, we're going to read verse. We're going to go all the way down. We're going to do the whole chapter. It says this. It says, now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain. And said, I have acquired a man of the Lord. The, uh, the word Cain is the word possession. That's what, that's what Cain meant. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. You guys know that Abel's, Abel's name is the word breath. The breath, okay? There is some really cool prophetic declarations in this if you dig but I'm not going to expel them. So some of you guys are going. Um, It says this. Well, let's stop on verse two. It says, she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Abel Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of ground. Now, that's kind of interesting. You know, Cain was a tiller of ground. He was a vegetarian and God hates vegetarians. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Jeez, lighten up. Cain was a tiller of the ground. You know, you know, at this time, the ground was cursed. This was cursed ground. Nothing good could come from it. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. 
Why do you think God rejected Cain's offering? Because it came from cursed ground. Why do you think God accepted Abel's offering? You think God needs blood? This is interesting. You skip back a chapter. And what did Adam and Eve do when they saw they were naked? They, they hid in the bushes and they sowed for themselves fig leaves for clothes. They tried to create their own covering, their own, their own version of righteousness. And God says, no, 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 no. I provide everything for you. And what he did, he went and he killed, God killed the first animal. And he made for them tunics of skin. So here, Abel gives God what God gave his parents. That's why he was blessed. And it says, verse 6, So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. This is interesting when it says that if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. See, it's sin, sin waits for you. So when you do perform outside of what you're supposed to, it says, ah, look, 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 look what you did. Look what you, you messed up again. And it's that voice that keeps you in the wrong. But it says you shall rule over it. See, from the very beginning, you were always meant to be able to rule over the thing that would attempt to condemn you. But when you're in the law, you don't see the revelation of grace and truth like for what it is. It says this. It says in verse uh, 8, Now Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel and his brother and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and a bag- vagabond, you shall be on the earth. And that's what it says. And Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Surely you have driven me out this day from the face of the ground. I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth. And it will happen that anyone who finds me will kill me. And the Lord said to him, therefore, hold on. This word therefore is the word not so. Okay, not so. God is disagreeing with Cain here. He says, and the Lord said to him, therefore, or not so, whoever kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark on Cain, lest anyone find him should kill him. God was again offering protection over his creation. That's kind of cool. 
Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. We're going to read a little bit here. And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Enoch. He built a city, and the name of the city after the name of his son, Enoch. To Enoch was born Irad, and Irad begot Mehujael, and Mehujael begot Methushael, and Methushael begot Lamech. Then Lamech took for himself two wives. The name of one was Adah, and the name of the second was Zillah. And Adah bore Jabal. He was the father of those who dwell in tents and have livestock. His brother's name was Jubal, and he was the father of all those who play harp and flute. So he's the musician of the family, so feel connected. And as for Zillah, she also bore Tubal-Cain, an instructor of every craftsman in bronze and iron. And the sister of Tubal-Cain was Nema. Then Lamech said to his wives, listen to this, listen to this, this is interesting. Uh, to me, like, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of gene, genealogy. So whenever something like pops out, that's kind of like not in the what's going on as far as the genealogies. I think the Lord wants to say something in that. So I kind of stuck on there for a second. It says, then Lamech said to his wives, Adah and Zillah, hear my voice. Wives of Lamech, listen to my speech. For I have killed a man for wounding me, even a young man for hurting me. If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, then Lamech seventyfold. And again, and then it keeps going. It says, And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son named Seth. For God has appointed another seed for me instead of Abel, whom Cain killed. And as for Seth, to him also was a son born, and his name is Enosh. Then men began to call on the name of the Lord. So here is this guy his name is Lamech and he said if Cain be avenged sevenfold then Lamech seventyfold here's what he said look if God's going to seek vengeance on other people because this guy just this, he killed a young man if God's going to avenge him sevenfold he's going to avenge me even more so I want you to look at the progression in sin. I want you to look at the progression of anger towards humanity and entitlement from God. There is a there is this 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 emotion of I deserve more. And there's this angst, there's this you could feel the defilement there was no remorse. There was no sorrow. There was no, there was no repentance. There, all it was, was look, if Cain got away with it, so can I. I want you guys to do this. I want you guys to turn in your Bibles to Isaiah 59. We're going to read Isaiah 59. This is one of my favorite prophetic chapters. And... Unfortunately, this, this passage gets uh, read, read wrong. We're just going to read it. I'm going to show it to you here. It says, Behold, the, hands, the Lord's hand is not shortened. Is it ever shortened? Nope. That it cannot save, nor his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. Is his ear, ear, is his ear ever heavy, that it cannot hear you? Is his hand ever shortened, that it cannot save you? 
Okay. It says this. Here's the next verse. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. What did, what happened when Cain killed Abel? He, he hid. And the Bible says he hid his face. He, he responded to sin lying at the door. That's what he did. You know, it's funny. Uh, Re- Reagan has been an amazing, uh, she's potty trained and she's been doing good. But we noticed that she, she, whenever she was doing something in her pants, we couldn't find her. Like, have you seen Reagan? No. Reagan! She's not making any noise. And we end up, like, she's in, a, she's in, like, a dark closet in the back, you know, pooping in her pants or something like that. But she's over that. But you see that there's this, attachment but you know right but you don't have grace to do it so what you do is you hide instead of being an overcomer and living in the reality of grace you you hide see if people understood the power of forgiveness no let's say if the church practiced the power of forgiveness you couldn't contain the people inside the churches. You, you couldn't. Because you wouldn't care about what you're trying to hide because your affections would be so set on grace and it would not be grace to maintain the problem that you are struggling with that grace would remove the lie that would perpetuate that problem in your life. Sin has no match in the presence of grace. It is no match. That's good. I like that. Thank you, Jesus. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. It didn't, it didn't say it separated God from you. Separated you from God. There's a difference. Did God leave you when iniquity took place? Nope. You left him. It's funny that Adam thought he could hide. That's funny. Where can you go from God's presence? See, already you're starting to believe lies. And then it says, and your sins have hidden his face from you. A lot of here's where people read it wrong. A lot of people say that your sin separates you from God, but it doesn't say that. It says iniquity separate you. Sin hides his face from you. That's what it says. And then it says this. Listen to this. I want you guys to remember the story of Cain, Abel and Lamech. Okay, so listen. We're going to read the rest. For your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue has muttered perversity. No one calls for justice, nor does any plead for truth. They trust in empty words and speak lies. They conceive evil and bring forth iniquity. Ooh. When did that happen in Jesus' day? They conceive evil and they bring forth iniquity. 
bring forth that woman caught in the act of adultery. They hatch vipers' eggs and weave the spider's web. He who eats of their eggs dies, and from that which is crushed, a viper breaks out. Their webs will not uh, their their webs will not become garments. Hello. That's interesting. Nor will they cover themselves with their works. Their works are works of iniquity, and the act of violence is in their hands. Their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Wasting and destruction are in their paths. The way of peace they have not known, and there is no justice in their ways. The Pharisees thought they were getting justice. They have made themselves crooked paths. Whoever takes that way shall not know peace. Therefore, justice is far from them, nor does righteousness overtake us. Or let's read that again. Therefore, justice is far from us, nor does righteousness overtake us. We look for light, but there is darkness for brightness, but we walk in darkness. Now, let's stop there here. This right here, verse 9, is in the dispensation. It is in the ministry of condemnation. What is our ministry? Reconciliation. Our ministry, we have the ministry of righteousness. Righteousness. It is the declaration of righteousness. Not the declaration of condemnation. Now, Here's what the declaration of condemnation says. Okay, now keep in mind, when Isaiah is writing this, he does not have the revelation of the fullness of grace and truth. What he has is the ministry of condemnation. And here's what the ministry of condemnation declares to you. Therefore, justice is far from us, nor does righteousness overtake us. Righteousness overtook us with Jesus. We look for light, but there is darkness. Jesus is the bright and morning star shining over you. For brightness, but we walk in darkness. We grope for the wall like the blind. And we grope as if we had no eyes. Jesus said, I did not. I I came to bring sight to the blind. And to cause those who say they see, I, I came to take their sight from them. We're going to get in that in a second. It says this. I'll read that again. We grope for the wall like the, uh, like the blind, and we grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as at twilight. We are as dead men in desolate places. But you know, you guys, you are alive in Christ Jesus. We all growl like bears and moan sadly like doves. We look for justice, but there is none. For salvation, but it is far from you. You guys know what Jesus said. Salvation has come to you this day. I really hope we read the Bible in a good context. Because we can really put people in a ministry of condemnation if we don't. We walk. And we are in the world as he is in the world. So we, we need to get our ministry straight. We see the light. We see the righteousness in people. It says this. It says, For our transgressions are multiplied before you. 
Well, what did what did Paul say? It said he reconciled us by not counting our trespasses against us. Is that a contradiction? No, it's a fulfillment of who you are in Christ. That's some good news. And our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us. See, he wiped your transgressions from you. And as for our iniquities, we know them. He remembers your sins no more. Do you guys see the contrast in the revelation to the men of God? It's not one is right and one is wrong. It shows you, I see, I want you guys to be able to have the discernment of covenant. When you hear a word of the Lord, when you hear a man of God speak, I want people to be able to recognize when that is from the ministry of righteousness or the ministry of condemnation. Because how many of you guys know that it's the ministry of condemnation that says it's, it's passing away? There's going to be less and less and less and less of a certain style of ministry. And that ministry is trying to hold on, but after a while, grace just washes it out. It's just, and there's freedom. It says this, it says, um, verse 13, in transgressing and lying against the Lord and departing from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart of falsehood, from the words of falsehood, heart, heart words of falsehood. Justice is turned back and righteousness stands afar off for truth is fallen in the street. And equity cannot enter. So truth fails and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. And then the Lord saw it and it displeased him that there was no justice. He saw that there he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Mm, come on. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation for him. And his own righteousness, it sustained him. Listen to this. Paul didn't have a new idea here. For he put on righteousness. As a what? And a helmet of what? On his head. He put on the garments of vengeance for clothing. And was clad with the zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, according, he will repay fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies, and coastlands he will fully repay. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemies come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. The Redeemer will come to Zion and to those who turn from their transgression in Jacob, says the Lord. As for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them. My spirit who is upon you 
and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your descendants, nor from the mouth of your descendants' descendants, says the Lord, from this time forevermore. See, I love that. Is there? You guys remember the, the, the armor of God? And I love what Chris Valentin said. He said that the armor of God is not armor given to you by God. The armor of God is the armor of God. It is, it is God, your armor. I love that. And it's so funny, it's like people be like, oh, did you take your armor off? You know, oh, I got to put your armor on. Put your armor on. Really? You, you can't take him off. He's with you. Recognize it. But it didn't come off. As a matter of fact, don't give a place for the enemy to have the technology for you to take your armor off. Don't give him that. Don't enter into that theology because then you're just going to bite yourself in the butt. You're like, oh, I forgot to put my armor on. Don't think that. Don't think that. It's the armor of God. You guys remember the armor of God, the helmet of what? Salvation, breastplate of, we just read it, righteousness. Now listen to this, there are a couple new ones. Paul talks about, there's, there's a couple new ones. He talks about the garments, but how many of you guys know what the shoes are? Preparation of peace, it's the gospel. Gospel of peace. It is, it is peace. Peace is the gospel. Peace. Now, how many of you guys know he's our peace? What about righteousness? Is he your righteousness? What about uh, salvation? Is he your salvation? When we talk about the sword of the spirit, which is the declared word of God. The prophetic declaration of God. It is the rhema. I need my word. The Bible is not the sword. It is what the Bible is speaking. It is the declared word that is the sword. It cuts. It is the rhema word of God. It is the rhema word of God that is the sword. How many of you guys, if I want to use the sword, I have to know how God talks. Because once I talk like God, talk, like, like God talks, I'm actually using the sword. Amen? Now you guys know the faith, shield of faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. And it talks about, what's that? The belt, belt of what? Truth. Who's the truth? So I hope we made our point. It's the armor of God. It is God, your armor. Okay. Don't think you put one on and leave the other one off. Okay, that's stupid. Out fell demons. Okay, just get out. Sometimes it's good to cleanse our theology. I'm sorry. I, I think it's good to ask questions. You know what? We are going to have the strongest generation. This next generation is the strongest generation of believers this world will ever see. Why? Because they ask questions. 
you know how healthy it is to ask questions? It's so good. It's not demonic. It's not the devil. Because you know what? We end up believing some of us have wineskins and the Lord wants us to question our wineskins. And sometimes he uses young people to do that. And you know what? God has moved on. And we still operate at all wineskins. And, and it comes in this. Why do we do this? Don't question me. Just do it. I think that's the spirit of the Lord saying, why are you doing this? What is the spirit of God doing in the land? And are you are you current with it? I think God wants see see part of repentance, part of renewing the mind is is removing the old habits, is removing what God did so you can enter into what he's doing. And here's why. I church is going to take church is on a really awesome turn. It's it's really good. How many of you guys know how the church has evolved over time? You guys know that? You guys know that the disciples did not do church the same way that people did church in the synagogue. It was it was a totally new. How many of you guys know that Acts two was not typical in the synagogues? They had to relearn church. This generation is fall is being under the influence of the spirit of God and men of God need to stand up and be able to say this is that that was prophesied and we are going to pull and reveal the glory of God and what he's doing today. Amen. Change the way you think and you will change what you see. The Bible says in Titus, we're going to read this and I'm done. I want you guys to see this. Titus is a really, really, really short book. It's Titus chapter 1. And his verse, uh, verse 15, 16 says, To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. I don't think unbelieving is what people say unbelieving is. I think unbelieving is when you don't believe what God believes over his creation. That's what I think unbelieving is. That's unbelieving. Listen to this. To the pure, all things are pure, pure but, but those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. Man, I, gotta, I know a lot of people who just, they like to just, man, this world is going to hell in a handbasket. I, I don't think... I don't think that's the kingdom God left us with. I think you have bad faith. I think you've been listening to the wrong spirit. I think, I think this world is going to heaven. I think it's going to heaven in the hands of God. Not to hell. That's what I think. See, he came to save the world, not to condemn the world. And you know what? I don't think he failed. I think some people don't understand what unbelief is. When you believe, you believe in the entirety of his work over everyone. That's what you believe. Ouch. But even their mind and their conscience are defiled. They profess to know God. 
but in works they deny him being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. You guys see, to the pure, all things are pure. Man, how could Jesus touch that leper? Because he saw him as pure. And how he saw determined what he saw. And it also determined what those around him saw. How can he tell that woman to, to go and sin no more? Because he saw her as righteousness. He disagreed with sin in her life. And you know, I, I, was, I was at my job one time and I was listening to a sermon. And this is what I perceived the Holy Spirit said. He said, Dave, you know why you have a problem with sin? I said, no. He said, because you think you have a problem with sin. But I was told I have a problem with sin. Did I tell you you have a problem with sin? No. Then why do you believe that? Because I was told I had a problem with sin. He's like, oh, well, see, that was faith imparted to you, and that created an ability. And that ability has put you in a cycle of defeat. When I believe that I am righteous and I don't have a problem. See, as long as you, as long as you perceive you have a problem with sinning, you're going to have a problem with sinning. It's just the way it works. Cause why? Because that's what you have faith for, and you'll sin by faith. But God doesn't declare that over you. He declares righteousness over you. What about all you've done? Why, why are you worried about that? What, well, what about what I'm going to do? Why are you worried about that? See, what you believe is what you are going to enter into. See, I, I can't enter into sin when I am convinced of my righteousness. Because, see, sons don't act like sinners. I don't. I'm royalty. There's just some things I don't put on. There's just some thoughts I don't think. There's just some stuff I don't eat. Has nothing to do with my attaining my royalty. You're born into royalty. You're royalty. Stop acting like a pauper. That's not you. You got to get that off of you. You're, you're better than that. You know, the Bible says we're to live above reproach. You do things excellent. Yeah, I, I feel really bad that the church has uh, took on a martyr poverty mentality. Jesus, Jesus wore the Versace of his day. I'm serious. Jesus wore a, his cloak was one of the most expensive money could buy. It was. Now, now, John the Baptist, he shopped it. I won't say that. <laughs> what are you worthy of? What are you worthy of? Have you thought about that? I had a I had to just, and God's really just changed my mind about a lot of stuff. I just, 
I don't eat certain things anymore. That's just, that's not who I am. Because I'm called to greater things. And kings think a certain way. And I, now, if you don't think like a king, that's going to offend you. But if you think like royalty too, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because you think like royalty, and you know who you are, and you know the things that should be in your life, and you know the things that shouldn't. And I know a lot of people, when they hear a message like this, and you say, oh, you don't have a problem with sin, you're just inviting people just into denial sin. You know, I I really don't think that's the case. Because when you pursue excellence in everything you do, some of those things just aren't a part of your reality. They're just not. I, 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 there's just, there's certain, uh, I, I want to say there's certain things I won't watch. And I know you guys probably go to a certain place, but I'm telling you, like, I, I don't watch certain things on the news. Uh, you guys, the news is not a prophetic declaration over what God's doing. It's not. It's just a sign of the times. No, it's not. If God, if it's not happening in heaven, that's not what we focus on. You know, I love, you know, John and Kathy are constantly talking about, um, you know, it's supernatural. Uh, Who's the Sid Roth? God's doing that. God's moving. God's going into I love yogurt and declaring and just blowing people's minds with his goodness. That's a sign of the times. God healing people. That's a sign of the times. God restoring marriages, that's a sign of the times. God giving people jobs and blowing their minds, that's people staying at their jobs. And being faithful like Daniel was to Nebuchadnezzar, that's a sign of the times. Being excellent in all that you do, that's a sign of the times. That's what it is. See, what you have faith for is what you're going to create. And when your faith doesn't line up with the environment that Christ portrayed, created, and left with us, challenge your faith. Amen? Come in. Let's just, uh, let's pray. You can stand to your feet. But I just want to impart to you, I want to impart to you unshakable faith. I want to impart to you kingdom faith. Kingdom faith, kingdom eyes, kingdom ears, kingdom glory. And I, I want you guys to, does anybody uh, just say, man, this, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I needed this. I had been, my faith might have been, I been, might have been drawing from the wrong thing. Now, listen, the cool thing about it is, is God, God is just, God's doing something awesome. And he wants you to see the purity of that he has created because as you see it you will see it and god is doing this god is doing this in your heart he's changing your heart before he changes what you behold all right it's said like this what you behold is what you soon will hold and god is changing what you behold he's you're beholding him you're beholding the perfection you're beholding the glory of god Amen. If you need if you need that in your life this morning, um, I saw a staircase this morning. Um, it was an 
it was an unfinished staircase. And I think God is, God is, that's an, uh, that's what it is. It's an invitation. It's a, it is a staircase because he wants you to see things differently. You have been seeing things from ground level. And he says, he, this, this is what he says. To say, say, he said the same thing to John. Come up here. And God come up here because he has to show you what you are seeing is different than what you think. And he's going to change what you think so you can have vision. You can have vision what he has vision for. And Father, we just thank you for your Lord revealing what you are seeing to us. We would see with the eyes that Jesus saw. We, we would touch with the hands that Jesus would touch with. We would, we would walk, Lord, the way Jesus walked. We would, we would think, Lord, Jesus did not ever worry if he was a sinner or not. And I just come against that lie that we have a problem with it. Lord, I just thank you right now that you are healing our minds and it would exalt uh, anything that would come against the knowledge of God. Lord, we renew our minds and we come up to the place where you are and we see ourselves as you see us. Lord, you see us seated with you. You see us holy. You see us acceptable. You see us loved. You see us blessed. Lord, and I thank you for just getting rid of, and I just want to tell you guys, uh, as we're just sharing this morning, there are a lot of things that are going to come into your mind that need to come down. There are things even right now, well, what about this? I think it needs to come down. What, well, I know, but what about this? That needs to come down. There are some lies that, that have been believed and it needs to come down this morning. Lord, we thank you for tearing down the walls in our mind. For tearing down the lies that the enemy has seek to establish in our hearts. That would cause us to think differently than what you think. And we thank you, God, that you have just revealed something new. God, you're revealing a greater glory in us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. Amen. James, do you have something? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Bill? Yeah. James? Thank you, Lord. Um, to that note, when I came in the um, church today, the Lord said that there's a lot of fear that our people are dealing with. And it's like they're looking through sunglasses that are made of fear. Jessica shared her story. Some of us said in our heart, I have a hard time going up to strangers because I'm afraid of what they would think. Has any else been there besides me? Anybody? Raise your hand. Amen. Yeah. Those are glasses of fear. What Jessica had on was glasses of a love opportunity. And as the story of the 
shoe salesman in the Congo. One had the glasses of fear of failure. The other had the glasses of a love opportunity. And so my invitation for you all is to change your glasses, to see it's the same thing. Jessica saw somebody in uh, the yogurt place and saw a love opportunity, all right? And that is where we come from, is a love opportunity. We don't need to pray for less fear. We need to pray for that love to start flowing in us. It is in us. We don't need to ask for it. It's like saying we need more water behind the dam. No, we need less dam so the water can flow out. Right? We don't need more faith, people. We need less doubt. So if you're fighting a fear of failure of something, of in your body, of a healing, of a relationship, okay? Um, I'm going to invite you right now as we pray to lay those glasses down and stop looking at the fear and saying, all right, where's my opportunity for love here? I'm going to love my body and declare healing over it. Not, you're a cripple and you'll never walk. I am healed. All right, y'all just may not see it. Amen? That relationship, uh, it'll never be, all right? but I'm going to release that love opportunity and saying it will be, it is. All right. As an act of faith, please raise your hand if you've been dealing with some kind of fear. And now lift your hand up like it's a cup. Holy Spirit, this fear that I've been holding is now dust. Holy Spirit, blow on it. And that fear is gone. And now I open up what is already inside of me and I break that dam open and I flood my environment with love including my own body. Body, I love you enough to allow healing in. Relationships, I love you. Children of relationship, fathers and mothers, work. I love you. And I will not love myself more than I love you. And I will go and pursue you and that opportunity of love. Thank you, Lord, for making this a conduit of love. Amen. I'd like to invite the ministry teams up front. If anybody needs prayer for healing or an opportunity, please come forward.